0: Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. We are a church with a heart for people and the message of Jesus. It is our desire that you'll be drawn closer to God through today's teaching. To access notes from today's message, go to foxriverchristians.org message. Thanks for listening. Hey everybody, fun fact as we start out today. There are 3,237 unique names of people in the Bible three thousand two hundred and thirty seven and you know what every one of them had a birthday just like us every one of them had hopes and dreams just like us every one of them had problems just like us and every one of them experienced successes and failures in their life here's what i want you to remember About the 3,237 individuals that the Bible mentions by name. They were real people in real places, in real life. And God wants us to know that they were just like us. In fact, as we come into this series that we've titled, Just Like Us, comes right out of James chapter 5, verse number 17. We're going to be looking at six of these individuals both men and women, ones that can give us a very special and helpful life lesson, individuals that are there to give us hope, and just some insight into connecting with God in a deeper way, or it may be for you to connect with God for the first time, which would be super exciting and impactful as well. One of the most popular stories in the Bible is Jonah and the Whale. Heard that story before? Interesting side note here. Jesus tells us that this is a true story. Crazy, I know. But if you are crucified and then three days later raised from the dead, you have the credibility to be able to speak to the, uh, the truth of this story and its um, realness in life. If you're not familiar with the story, it goes, short version, like this. God speaks to Jonah and he tells him, I want you to go to the city of Nineveh and I want you to tell the people there that they need to repent or my judgment is going to come upon them. And so Jonah goes and he gets on a boat, going in the opposite direction Of Nineveh. He has no intention of going there at all. And on this journey, he is actually swallowed by a whale, or as some people would say, a great fish. Three days later, after having repented, he is spit up onto dry ground, where he goes to Nineveh, and he shares this message of God. And the people there repent. And then Jonah a lives happily ever after rejoicing in the goodness of God or b gets mad at God and the answer is (laughs) it's b Jonah gets mad at God now hearing this story you might be thinking I am not like Jonah at all. In fact, if you would take the 10 minutes just to read through that story, and there's so much more detail that you're going to find in it right there, you might be ready just to kind of, at the end, close the book and go like, well, that's one that's just not like us. But before you do, there's two questions that I just want you to take some time today as well as this week just to think through with me. The first question is this. Has there ever been a time in your life that you knew what God wanted you to do, but then chose not to do it. Ever been a time that you were heading in a direction that you knew God didn't want you to go? So we open up the book of Jonah, the first three verses share this. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai. Go to that great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port and after paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish, that is in the opposite direction of Nineveh, to flee from the Lord. Now we wanna be going like, what is Jonah thinking? And that really is the right question to ask. Because there are four things that Jonah knew and every single person around Jonah knew at that time that I think be helpful for us just to be aware of as well. Number one, Jonah knew that Nineveh was the largest city in the world. That it was the capital of Assyria and Assyria was at war with Israel. Israel was definitely the weaker of the two countries. Two, Jonah knew that Nineveh was a savage place. In fact, they were merciless there. When the individuals, the armies would march out of Nineveh and go out and capture a city, the first thing that they would do is they would actually take the leaders of the city and they would impale them on poles outside of the city to die kind of like an early crucifixion that was taking place then. They would then fillet the skin off the people of the city and they would take those skins back and they would um, put them on the outside walls of Nineveh. They would take the skulls of those that had been killed in the cities and they would pile them up at the city gate as a warning to those that they were bringing in to reoccupy the cities or for anyone else, don't Mess with us, brutal people. Jonah knew also that just a couple of years earlier that he had prophesied from God saying that Israel would actually be able to capture and take back land from that mighty nation of Assyria and they did that. Jonah was a national hero for doing so. Not popular with the Assyrians at all. But in Israel, he was somebody that was celebrated. So if he were to go and to help out the city of Nineveh, he would be considered a traitor. And then lastly, Jonah knew that God had said that if Israel departed from him, that he would use the nation of Assyria i.e. Nineveh, to come and to judge Israel. And so Jonah reasoned. No Nineveh, no Assyria, no judgment. See, here's the bottom line. Jonah reasoned. He reasoned. Jonah reasoned that it was better for him to disobey God than to obey God. Let me say that again. Jonah reasoned that it would be better for him to disobey God than to obey God. And all of a sudden, I find in my life, I am just, if I can say, we are just like Jonah. There may be something that we know God doesn't want us to do. I mean, it could just be so clear cut. Like, God doesn't want me to cheat on my spouse, to commit adultery. God doesn't want me to embezzle from the, from the company. But do you know what? There have been Christians that have reasoned their way into thinking it would be better for them to disobey God than to obey God. Now I know those are pretty over-the-top type things. Probably not the thing that you'd be wrestling or struggling with. But is there something is there something that you know that God has clearly said that you haven't been willing to follow through on? For example, it may be that you're, you know clearly that God has said to you, I want you to forgive the person that sinned against you and hurt you. But you have reasoned that it would be better to disobey God and not forgive them Than to obey God and to forgive them. It may be. That you understand that God clearly wants you to be engaged in your local church. But for some reason we have. Again reason in our mind. Maybe maybe in the matter of um, uh, being generous or giving or tithing. We have reasoned that we just can't do it right now. We don't have the funds, the resources to be able to do that. And it's better for us not to do what we know God wants us to do. Because of the of the things that we've thought through. Um, Maybe we're just so busy. We know that God wants us to join in and serve and help. And, you know, we've heard a little bit about Serve Week that's coming up here in the next two weeks. And we're going like, that's a really good thing. I think God wants me to do it. But before long, we're reasoning. And we end up figuring out it would be better not to do than to do what we know God wants us to do. Sometimes it's just as simple as a stop. We know that God wants us to stop. Stop with the gossip. Stop with the um, um, the harsh and ungraceful um, posts that are going out on social media right now. But the next thing we know, we have reasoned our way into doing that, which we know that God doesn't want us to do. Just like Jonah, just like us. And in our reasoning, we will think, well, you know, it's not that big a deal. But here's what we've just got to understand. It is a huge deal. It is such a big deal. Because of the principle that God gives to us in his word that would say this. That direction, not desire, determines our destination. Now, if you haven't heard me say that again, let me just repeat it. You may want to write this down. Direction, not desire, determines our destination or where we end up in life. When we obey God, we are moving in the direction of him or toward God. But when we disobey God, our direction is away from God. It would be away from life, away from that which he wants us. And that's the thing that we've just got to take that quick look in our lives. Are we moving in a direction that would be away from God? If you've ever been driving along and seen this sign, immediately you would recognize danger. There is trouble ahead. You need to stop getting, you need to get off of this as soon as we possibly can. Because going the wrong way is going to lead to catastrophe for you and anybody else that is with you along the way. In fact, what we would need to do is what we'll call a a Bible U-turn. The term in the Bible for U-turn is actually the word repent. Repent means to change directions. If I recognize I'm going in a direction away from God, then I need to repent. I need to change my direction because it's my direction, not what I'm hoping for, not what I'm wanting for, that is ultimately going to result in my destination. And hear me today, every one of us has a direction and every one of us is moving today. We are moving to God, we are moving toward the place of life, we are moving to the place of hope, we are moving to the place that he can give us joy, or we are moving away from God, which is moving away from life and into problems that are going to be heartbreaking in our lives. It's a huge deal. Remember I said that there were two questions. The second question I want us to ask before we close the book and say I'm not like Jonah would be this. Have you ever been angry at God? Here's what happened with Jonah. He goes to Nineveh, he tells them God's message, and they repent miraculously. And Jonah's response, Jonah chapter 4, verse 1, was this. But to Jonah, this seemed very wrong that God turned away his anger and wrath. And he became angry. But the Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry? In verse nine, it is, Jonah said, and I'm so angry, I wish I were dead. <laughs> now that is angry, isn't it? Has there ever been a time that you have been Angry at God. I know it's not really politically correct to say that we are angry at God. But it certainly happens, doesn't it? Why do we get angry with God? It's because there is something that we think God should have done that he didn't. Something that God allowed to happen that we don't think he should... Something that he didn't let happen that we, that we think that he should have. And in all of those cases, because God isn't doing what we think that he should be doing, we end up angry at God. Just a few years ago, I was finishing up a funeral. And a man immediately just jumps up out of his seat. And he starts down the aisle. I mean, his eyes are locked on me. He's not even six foot away. And he begins to say, and not with a quiet voice either, I don't believe a blankety-blankety-blankety-blankety-blank thing that you said up there. And I want you to know I'm an atheist. Now there's a lot that goes through your mind when a person comes up at the end of a funeral with that pronunciation. So everybody's like just kind of looking there. And in the pause that I took, because I was praying something like this, God help me please. In that moment, the Spirit just prompted me to ask this question. And I, I looked at him and I said, I said, friend, what has happened in your life that hurt you? How has God hurt you? And you would have thought that I had just hit him between the eyes with a two by four. His bottom lip started quivering at that point. And he said, no 10-year-old boy ought to ever lose his mother. And he hung his head, he turned, and he walked away. Is there something that you are angry at God about today? If so, I want you to hear this. I want you to hear, you who are angry at God, that he is not angry back at you. When Denise gets mad or angry at me, so many times to my shame, I just power right up and I'm getting angry back. That is not the case with God. I don't know if you're COVID angry with God. Something that you wanted to happen that didn't happen. ...something that you had hoped that was going to take place... ...and it doesn't look like it's going to take place. I mean, the circumstances you find yourself in right now. But if you are, or worse... ...remember that God isn't angry with you. Jesus, when he was crucified... ...speaks so specifically to this. The scriptures tell us when Jesus was crucified... There were two people, one on each side, crucified with him. Both of them were insurrectionists. Both of them were murderers. And upon crucifixion, people were coming up and they were hurling shade at Jesus. When these two realized it was Jesus that was there, they unleashed their anger, their hurt at him as well. Double barrels at him. Hey, Jesus, if you are who you say you are, then you should come down and you should take us with you. And he wasn't doing this, and their anger just got, you know, more intensified. It wasn't but a couple hours later, after having watched Jesus and listened to his response, that one of those men said these words. As the other murderer, the thief, was Angry and throwing words at Jesus. He said hey just just stop shut up We're here because we deserve what we're getting Jesus doesn't And then he looked at him and said Lord would you remember me when you come into your kingdom? In other words, I recognize who you are And would you remember me? And Jesus said these words right back to him. He said Today, you will be with me in paradise. Today, you will be with me in heaven. When we find ourselves mad at God, God points us right back to this time. And he says, I want you just to know how much I love you. I want you as you're looking at what it was that Jesus did for you to put things into perspective, there is much hurt. There is sin. That is why Jesus came. There's brokenness in the world. But use this as a perspective of what I feel toward you. And I've just got to say, today, if that realization of Jesus on the cross there for you is coming into this time of your opening your life up to him. That aha moment from God that he is bringing to you right now. That I hope today that you will trust Jesus as your savior. Realizing that he was there out of a love for you and to do for you what you could never do for yourself which was pay the price for your sin. And three days later, he would prove that that had been done in the resurrection that he did. If you find yourself mad at God today, here's what I want to ask you to do. Would you just let us know? You can do this in the chat. You can come up. I mean, would you tell me, one of our pastors, maybe you're a small group leader, um, a spiritual leader, friend that you have what it is and share with them why it is that you have the anger toward God that you do right now and I hope that that is the beginning of just opening yourself up to grace that God wants to give to you in your life so we get to the we get to the end and find out you know what It's Jonah, who is just like us. And as we talk about the importance of taking a next step, a next step with God after each time that we're together, we gather together here. As you do this today, before you do, here's what I just want to ask of everybody. Before you step, because I said everybody's moving today, Would you just pause for a moment and consider what is my direction? Am I moving in a direction toward God? Or am I moving in a direction away from God today? Because it's that direction that's going to be so important. With all of the um, decisions that we have facing us today, so much uncertainty that we find ourselves in. We really don't know what's coming two weeks from now, three, a month from now, what's going to be next. But if our direction is right, when we take that next step, that next yes to God, then he is going to help us to get to the place that he wants us to be and that we will want to be with him as well. So powerful. I want to invite each of us as we pray together to do so with that commitment of yes and forward with and for God. Would you pray with me? God, thank you that you have given to us 3,237 individuals that you want us to be able to learn from and to be able to glean from their lives to help us in our lives right now. As we do so with Jonah, we just come to you again saying, direction is so important. Not reasoning ourselves away from you, but a simple yes of obedience. Today, Lord, we commit ourselves to you. Some of us make this commitment of repenting And coming back and getting realigned with you. For those, Jesus, that are here today and ready to receive you as Savior, as they pray this simple prayer, I am so like that thief on the cross, Jesus, and I need your forgiveness, and I recognize that you are dying, that you died for me and rose again, and I come to you asking you for that saving grace of my life. Today, I invite you and trust you as my Savior. I pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. God bless this week. We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon.